What's going on, coaches? Hopefully your week has been good so far. I know we've got little kids camp coming up here in Oklahoma. My son's very first football camp he's going to be in with pads. Not going to play yet, probably going to hold them until third grade, but uh, excited to see him out in some pads and get two days in pads and out there. Uh, kind of what always dreamed of growing up, you know, being a coach and, and having your kid play some football for you. So we're I'm looking forward to that. Mom's looking forward to that. Um, and so uh, we're excited for this week coming up. Hopefully you guys are too. If you need anything from us, uh, you can just visit us at runthepower.com. Find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash runthepower. On our website, Run the Power, you can find all of our videos that we do on RTP Premium, which we'll be adding two or three new talking balls here in the next month. Um, we've got our podcasts, obviously, all of our RTP gear, any of our old summits, and of course, all of our podcasts, all at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is teambuilder.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game-changer for us if you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formations, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Adam Height. Coach Height is the head coach at Davenport North High School in Davenport, Iowa. Listen as we talk with Coach Height about taking over a high school program and moving it to an up-tempo offense. You can follow Coach Hyde on Twitter at AdamHyde55. Hope you guys enjoy. All right. Um, so I started off my career at um, – I ended up playing football my freshman year in high school. It was the first time I ever played football. And uh, my dad basically gave me the option. He says, either you eat, you play uh, play sports or you're going to get a job. And I was not about to get a job. So I said, I'll, I'll start co- I'll start playing football. So <laughs> I attended uh, Elgin, Elgin High School and uh, played there for four years um, for uh, Tom Kim, um, military guy, kind of learned the discipline side of things, uh, probably with my coaching style that I have now. Um, and then from there, I ended up going up to the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, as, uh, uh, started off as a defensive end, and by the time my freshman year was over, I was on the offensive line, so a little smooth transition. 
And uh, so I uh, played there for three years, played off of the line for three years, started off at left tackle, then moved to left guard, and then finished off my career starting off at uh, starting at center um, and all that. I ended up going to play uh, for one year in the Arena League for the Madison Wolfpack. It was a one-year team. They defunct right after that. Um, still had some schooling to finish up, so I got lucky. I got the opportunity to be a student coach slash GA at uh, the University of Wisconsin-Platteville for uh, my head coach, Coach uh, Mike Emmendorfer. Um, started off just helping out with the offensive line with my offensive line coach and just doing whatever they needed me to do. And then uh, I thought, this is kind of cool. I kind of like this coaching, so I decided to stick around one more year and get my, uh, my business minor. And uh, right when we showed up for our summer meetings that offseason, uh, that summer, uh, Coach Emmendorfer looked at me and he's like, by the way, you're going to coach running backs this year. So it was kind of my first opportunity to kind of venture out of my comfort zone a little bit and uh, coach a position I have never been familiar with. Um, so I did that for my second year at Platteville. And then after that, I ended up uh, going back home um, to do some student, my student teaching. I went to uh, South Elgin High School. Um, so I grew up in South Elgin, but that school wasn't built yet. So I ended up going back to my hometown, but teaching in a new high school. Uh, did my student teaching there where I was the offensive and defensive line coach and then for Dale Shaver. And then he left that following summer and they hired Pat Pistorio and uh, offered me the offensive coordinator job there. So I did two years there as the uh, offensive coordinator and loved every minute of it. And I uh, thought maybe this would be the place I'm going to stick around for a while. And then me and my wife uh, just kind of sat down and we started talking and she wanted to move back to the Quad City area where she's from. So I applied for the only job I can, I could find and uh, end up going from uh, 8A high school to uh, Walcott, Iowa, coaching eighth grade football. So I went, went there for one year and uh, really enjoyed it. Kind of, I, I really did enjoy it. I got back to the basics. You know, I learned how to run a program that, you know, you have, you know, 15 kids, 16 kids, and how are you going to manage all this and do it? I'm used to having, you know, 150 kids in the program. Um, that off season, I got, I went to Augustana college. They had a coach's clinic there and went there, just kind of listened. I started, they got it. They had a little, uh, chalk, chalk war going on. I got up there. I started doing some talking and all of a sudden this guy in the back just starts asking me all these questions. I had no idea who he was. And then I found out it was their offensive line coach. And, uh, that following, uh, the next day he called me up and he said, Hey, can you come in this week? We'd like to interview, get you on staff here. We really were impressed with what you got. And uh, went in there, interviewed, and uh, ended up coaching at Augustana College uh, for two years. Uh, one year is helping out with the offensive line, and then that same thing happened to me. Um, going into my second year that summer, I was sitting in the staff meeting, and they looked at me and they said, oh, you're going to coach D-line this year. So going to another side of the ball that i really never been part of, but it was a great – I feel it was a smooth transition. You know, everything I learned on the offensive line, you teach it backwards to the defensive lineman, and we had, I feel like we had a lot of great success there. And then after that, I kind of wanted to get back into being a coordinator again. I wanted to get back on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Davenport North, I knew the head coach at the time, and uh, he was interested in bringing me over. We kind of talked back and forth for a while, and I just thought it was a good time. So uh, two years ago, I came over to North with the offensive coordinator. We finished five and four, tied the best school record in school history. And then uh, last offseason, he um, decided to take another position at another school, and I interviewed and I got fortunate enough to uh, be named head coach at Davenport North. And uh, I've been on the job now for 366 uh, days, which is very weird. So I've only been on for over a year. 
Well, that's awesome. I, that's probably one of the cooler stories I've ever heard. I mean, of uh, that's like one of the, the childhood uh, dreams I used to always have of like, I was always playing basketball at like 10 years old out in my front yard. And I always knew that Michael Jordan was going to like drive by and be like, that kid can play basketball. And he was going <laughs> to take me up. I was going to play for the Bulls or something. But that's, um, that's a similar kind of story. You, you were just talking, giving a clinic and and, you know, answering questions the very next get day, the, the guy calls you up and wants to offer you a spot. That's pretty uh, – I've got to assume that was pretty uh, pretty cool uh, experience or feeling when that happened. Yeah, because, you know, the funny thing is, is me and my wife, um, you know, I've always joked, like, I want to go back. I've always told her I want to get back to college eventually. You know, I just – I love the college experience and all that. And I came home from that clinic, and she's like, how was it? And I was like, it was great. They offered me a job and all that. She's like, shut up. No, they did it. And I was like, no, they did And then the next day, they called me up to talk to me about it. So I said it again <laughs> to her, and she didn't believe me um, and all that. But, yeah, it was it was just – yeah, it's like that's why I tell my guys because I, I always dress up for clinics. You know, I'm gonna wear the khaki pants and the polo and you know look presentable. And I, I tell my guys that I'm like, you never know who you're gonna run into. So you know, when you're out and about, you represent you know the school that you're at, and that's just it's kind of what it was. I mean, I wore khaki pants and I wore a polo that day, and I didn't look like a complete bum. But so it worked out. It worked out great for me, and I'm very thankful for those two years there with Coach Bell. Um, learned a lot. Learned just getting. To, uh, see how another college program runs besides, you know, Platteville where I was at for two years. It was just a really great experience. Well, coach at Platteville, I mean, I know you guys have done a lot of, I know coach Ebendorfer, he's done a lot of clinics and done a lot of innovative things as far as the, the offensive side of the football. What were some of the things maybe you kind of took away from that as far as, you know, being an, an offensive guy and, and, you know, kind of really pushing the envelope on some of the things that they do? Um, it was, I, he was really, really smart when it comes to football. I mean, we'd be sitting in meetings and he would just start talking. And I mean, I write everything down. I would just be memorized. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, just kind of the stuff that I took from him was just getting the ball out as quickly as possible. You know, um, he loves getting the ball into his athlete's hands. And that's what we kind of do at North. You know, we're looking to get the ball in our athlete's hands as quickly as possible. Um, and he just the way he kind of does his uh, his bubble screens, his now screens, all that stuff. Um, when I first got there, you know, as a freshman, sophomore, we were kind of that no huddle tempo and all that stuff. And we were going fast and kind of how he simplified the offense. And then when we got into my junior and senior year, that we started huddling up more, but we had the no huddle capability. But I mean, just he kept it simple and how he could say one word. And we all knew what to do. You know, three numbers told the entire offense what to do. Two numbers told the entire offense what to do. I mean, that that was just one of his big staples. And I know they've changed up. I talked to him uh, last summer, you know, and he and uh, it changed up quite a bit. And, you know, that's one thing I wanted to do that my plan was this offseason was to get up there and, you know, talk to him about what they've changed because we're just so similar. And uh, just and then now he's I know he's really big into doing some different formation adjustments or stacking guys up. He was doing that back in the 2000s too, but now they're stacking up and they're just doing some different route releases, which is just really impressive up there. Coach, I'm curious, uh, you know, as so many years of being that assistant or, or being a coordinator um, and, and now you get a chance, the head coach leaves, uh, is being a head coach, is that something that you had always looked at as soon as you decided, hey, I want to be a football coach? Was it, I want to, I want to be a head coach? I'm just kind of curious because uh, you know, uh, you always hear these guys that, that talk about, you know, having these big grand schemes. I, I've never had a big, I guess, huge goal to be a head coach. I, I'm just kind of 
curious, was that a, a goal for you always? Is it something that you just kind of fell into, right spot, right time? What was that, you know, situation like for you? Um, it was always, it was always, I mean, after my first year coach and I was like, I could be a head coach. This isn't that hard. I thought I had, you know, I was 21, 22 years old thinking I had all the answers. Um, but it was always something that I, I wanted to do. Um, when I, you know, I kind of dove in, I was like, I'm going to, I want to be a coach. I want to coach football. That was my passion. And then I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it at the highest level. And I want to be a head coach. And, uh, my personal goal was, is I wanted to be either, I wanted to be a big time. I wanted to be at the highest level of high school football as a head coach by the time I was 30, or I wanted to be an offensive quarter at the college level. Um, by the time I was 30 and, uh, I got hired last year. Um, I was, I was 30 years old when I got hired last year. I was one month short of 31. So I, I did fulfill that goal, but it's just something that I always wanted. Um, you know, I, I kept everything, everything anybody ever gave me that, you know, was, you know, player manual, coaching manual, you know, I'm kind of right now I'm going, I'm thumbing through all this stuff, you know, anything that coach Emmendorfer gave me, coach Bell gave me, coach Shaver, coach Pistorio, anything they gave me about, you know, how they run a program and all that stuff. I kept it because I wanted to use it as a reference. What are some of the things then you're, you're kind of doing? I mean, you know, you get tossed into it. You've been on to, you know, the job for a year. And I think now's been a really good time for everybody to kind of, you know, maybe take a breath a little bit and, and sit back and reflect and, and figure out, you know, what are some of the next steps and what are some ways we can get more efficient or get better? You know, what are some of those things that you're kind of taking a look at to do with the, the Davenport North program? You know, my big thing, my big push this some, this off season for me was I wanted to figure out how how to get faster. Um, you know, passing concepts in the red zone. But my big one was you know practice. Um, you know, lat, two years ago at North we were you know we were a three hour practice and coaches were tired, kids were tired, and I mean we were just doing it all together. And I just I wanted when I came in, I said, we're, we're changing this up. And I was like, I don't want to practice three hours. So we got it down to about 220. Um, and we are just we're fast and efficient. If I can double up anything, I'm doubling it up. Um, you know, this year we're looking at we were doing a period of inside run and a period of seven on seven separately. And I'm kind of looking at it going, is there any way we can combine the two of them? You know, I, I, linemen love playing linebackers at any point they can. So I was like, well, let's just put the scout, you know, any extra lineman, put him at linebackers. You know, the big thing is let's get these guys going during inside run and let's make sure they're blocking the right guys. You know, I can care less if they, you know, they miss or if the linebacker gets over the top of it at that point. You know, I want to make sure we're blocking uh, the correct guys. And then, you know, at the same time, I heard um, this past this off season, the clinic, you know, Sean Layata out of um, Pennsylvania, he really, his book, No Huddle, No Mercy, really got me thinking about how to practice. And uh, he sends his number one quarterback and his number two running back, you know, they'll go to one end of the field and they'll do inside run for 10 minutes while his number two quarterback and their number one running back is doing seven on seven and they flip it and I'm sitting there going, why would you, why wouldn't you have your ones going with your ones and two with your two? And I raised my hand and asked him and he goes, here's why he goes, cause if you're going to have your number one quarterback go down, what are you going to end up doing more? Well, running the football probably. He goes, and I want him really good with my number one running back. And I was like, that's just, that's just smart right there. So just really just how we're, how we're practicing is my big push and uh, all that and then finally just letting my coaches coach and I didn't want to micromanage them you know my defensive staff meeting we meet every they meet every Sunday morning at 8 a.m at the high school 
and I'm literally sitting in the back and, you know, I might chime in every once in a while, but I'm letting those guys do their thing. You know, I got uh, coach Fisher who's doing, does an amazing job on the defensive side of the ball. He just, he gets, he gets every, all the statistics ready to go. He's got all of his coaches ready to go. They, they've got their ideas they want to do during Indy. If he says, Hey, I see we need to work on this drill. They know right away up. I was, I got that in my practice plan. So I just, I, I don't micromanage anybody. And I let same thing on the offensive side of the ball. Cause I do call the offense, you know, I don't have a specific position, but you know, I let my guys, Hey, I saw this, you know, come up with a drill for that. All right. I got you. I'll come up with something. You know, I'm not telling them what to do. Um, I'm giving them free reign. I just feel like it gives them ownership. You know, I said, guys, I don't want you to feel like this is my game plan on offense. I want this to be our game plan. If we're all going to fail, if we're going to fail. We're going to fail together with this game plan. It's not just my ideas. I want your ideas in there. And they come in ready to go. I got on offense. I got a bunch of young guys that are hungry and wanting to learn. And sometimes I get some unconventional stuff, but sometimes they come up with some really good stuff that I never thought about. How do you guys kind of do then the meetings, you know, talking about how you guys wanted to be more efficient practice wise and you shorten it up. So when you guys come in on the, on the weekends, are you guys still doing a lot of stuff from home? Uh, you know, how much time do you guys kind of spend together and then maybe meeting with your kids on the weekend? I know that's one thing we really diminished and I, and I felt like it was a positive for us because we got a lot more things done at home, uh, you know, through huddle, through Google drive, whatever it might be. And then when we did meet, I felt like we were a lot more efficient. We had our ideas, we kind of got in and got out and, and we didn't feel like we were wasting time grinding through film. That's something I'm, uh, I brought the attention to my coaches, um, you know, off uh, defensively, they meet on Sunday, Saturday, I give them, no one's got any responsibilities, you know, get your huddle stuff done. You know, if you want to start game planning a little bit, that's fine, but I'm not going to bring you in. Um, I, a lot of guys go to the Iowa game or they're go doing stuff with family. So Saturdays, I don't bring them in. Um, my defense will meet at eight o'clock on Sundays. Um, don't have too many churchgoers out there um, on that side of the ball. So they're, they're willing, they're willing to come in at 8am, kind of get, get things going. Um, and they'll do that stuff. We'll then bring the kids in at, we were, we were doing three o'clock on Sundays. They come in at three, you know, I'm doing 20 minutes of special teams, 20 minutes of offense, 20 minutes of defense. They're out of there. And uh, then offense will meet. Um, from five till whenever we get done, usually they're there about two hours, two, three hours or so, two or three hours. Um, but the big thing, you know, I kind of looked at that and I was kind of, I rose the question because I found myself getting frustrated that kids weren't showing up because, you know, they had work, they had a family function, they had church, they had stuff going on. And, you know, I found myself getting frustrated with the kids that weren't the ones that needed to watch the film. So I, so, and I, and you know, you can look on huddle who's watching film and I, I can tell you the kids that are playing in the game or invested, they're the ones watching film. They don't really need to come in. They can see that stuff. So we're looking at this year. Um, you know, I'm telling my position coaches, you need to come up with 10 plays, five good, five bad. And you need to send that out to your guys. And um, on Sunday, they need to make sure they review it. And then you need to quiz them somehow on Monday. You know, it doesn't need to be in paper, but you know, during Indy one day, hey, what'd you see on film that you need to fix? And hopefully you guys are on the same page there. So I'm looking to get rid of kind of the weekends. Um, I brought up the no weekends for the staff and my guys were like, absolutely not. Like we need to come together because um, I know I've seen a lot of articles on that about guys not doing anything on the weekends. But my guys were adamant. Nope, we are getting together. We need to sit down. We need to game plan together. We get a lot more accomplished. So that's kind of where we're heading next year and what we did this past year. 
I like that that idea of it. And and now with all these Zoom meetings going on right now, I've I've kind of seen the same thing out there. As guys are like, man, is everyone still gonna you know spend a day or two days on the weekends uh, coming in as coaching staff? And and I think I fall in line kind of with with your staff, coach. I, I just I, I don't know, selfish or whatever it is, but I just enjoy going up to the football field and and being around mm-hmm. the other coaches. Um, and I don't know, does it help me game us game plan better or worse? I, I couldn't actually tell you that answer, but I can just tell you I'm more comfortable. I enjoy getting up there, being around the guys. It's, it's a lot more like a locker room like it was uh, when I was still playing. I get that whatever need that is that I have to, to be around like-minded people, um, that, that need gets is something that, that only happens during the season. So um, I, I'm glad that, that it's not everyone just completely going to, um, you know, away. It's kind of a cool deal. You know, you ask your coaches and, and it sounds like they're kind of on the same path as I would be in, in that, um, you know, I kind of enjoy coming up on the weekends. I just feel like it'll be faster too. Like, you know, there's no, I, you know, let's get on the board. You know, we, we always do a board. We have a board in our room that, you know, what's our top, you know, what's our run plays? What's our top three steps? What's our top five steps? What screens? You know, we all want to see that on the board as our visual. And then we kind of just, you know, we do our round table and stuff like that. I feel like, you know, versus, you know, having somebody try to draw a play on, you know, whatever play program that they use on their computer and then sharing it. I just feel like it'll go a lot faster if we just get together and, you know, we just work the next two hours and figure out what we're going to do that going into that week. And uh, it's nice, and it's nice to see the guys too. Like I agree. Like I, you know, I think that's why we coach football. We like the camaraderie. We like to be around the guys. And you know, this is something that people are doing. They're just not getting around. Only I think coaches are not going to be quite quite as quite invested. You know, anybody can just sit on Zoom and not really contribute. Where if you're in the room, you're going to be actively listening and actively engaged. So I think that's big for our guys and and all that stuff. So, Coach, I'm I'm curious. What is your what is your process as a coordinator? What's your process on a on a Saturday or a Sunday when you start breaking down the next team um, and, and and trying to decide? You know, even even run game. You know, that that's probably mm-hmm. more in my lane. What's your process of of figuring out what your run game is going to be for that week? Are you are you put all the formations up and and see how they line up poorly? And and so that's that's where you're going to develop your run game. Is it we're a power team or whatever team you are. And so what's our best formations to run that play out of what's your thought process as a coordinator going into the week? Um, basically we are, we're going to run inside zone. And we're going to run outside zone. Those are our two just bread and butters. That's what we're going to do. We're going to run it against any front, any defense. It's, it's just, that's our comfort zone. And then from there, I mean, I, that was the one thing when I came in, you know, I said, uh, talking to my old line coach who I've worked with for years now, I said, we're going to run, now that I'm the head coach, I get to kind of limit stuff. I said, we're going to be inside zone, outside zone, trap, power, and counter. I said, those are our five block. Those are our five schemes. And I said, we are going to block it the same every week. I said, figure out this summer how you want to block something, you know, if you want to do it this way, that way, but then that's how we're going to do it. And then we're going to go from there. So, cause I mean, years, you know, we get a three man front, our rules would change and a four man front, our rules would change for this. And I said, I don't want to do that. I said, I want to keep these guys playing fast. And I don't want to have them think. So, you know, from there, you know, we kind of found out, you know, we were early on, we were running, uh, we had, we get a three man front and we're like, all right, we're going to run trap. And, you know, we're teaching all summer trap. You kick out the three technique, kick out the three technique. And then, you know, first day we install a three man front and we run trap, 
you know, our kids like, well, there's no free technique there, coach. And I'm like, yeah, I'm aware, you know, go down to the end. And so that just jacked it up. So I mean, first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at fronts, you know, and we're going to figure out what front that there is their base stuff, you know, what's their auxiliaries, if they have any, and then what do we want to run to be um, successful, you know, between counter trap and power. And then, so we're going to look at those three, you know, last year we were, we started off running trap in the beginning power just can never, for some reason at North, we just can't get it going. And uh, we got a, we got a big running back this year that we think we're going to be able to try to some Q power, but, uh, and then so would be, but getting back to my original um, thought was, you know, we started off the year running trap and by the end of the year, we were a majority counter. We were going to run Q counter um, until they could stop it. We just found teams that couldn't stop it. You know, we were running fake toss, Q counter the other way and not blocking the backside end. He would just follow the, the toss, uh, the toss of the running back. And he was never even getting the ball. So we just found a lot, we just had a lot of success with counter towards the end of the year. Um, and then motioning out, we did, we go into two back and we motion one guy out and they would just adjust and we run counter the other way with the running back. So we just, we just found ourselves running counter a lot more. And it's something we're looking at maybe, is that going to become our new kind of bread and butter? Um, we did, we installed it last, last year. Um, now we're looking at, is this going to be the first or second thing we're going to install? So basically we're going to look at fronts to determine what we're going to run against uh, any defense. And then kind of piggybacking off that coach, you know, how do you kind of build your, your pass game there? Do you guys always have, you know, a, a drop back? Are you guys, you know, more of an RPO squad or, or is it going to be, you know, we're going to run the ball first and then we're going to throw a lot of, you know, play action intermediates and shots off of it. Uh, we're, we're a big three-step team. So we got our coverage menu. So we're going to look what's their base coverage is. And we're just going to go off of that. I mean, we kind of, uh, this offseason, me and my quarterback coaching are sitting down and we're kind of going over our coverage menu. Okay, if we get cover three, what is, you know, the three or four three steps that we really like versus cover three? All right, what's our three or four really good uh, five steps versus cover three? And we, we're kind of just putting that together now and building that. But, I mean, then we, we, we look at that every week. We kind of go back. All right, hey, they're a big cover four team. All right, well, what do we like versus cover four? And uh, so we let, we'll line up and we're just going to rep those during practice and uh, we'll make the adjustments. You know, one thing I found by being a no huddle team um, with all that, if I call something, we, you know, we've repped it before in practice, maybe the week prior, but I didn't rep it at all this week. You know, I'll call it in, you know, I'll call it in and our kids will just execute it because they know it and they're not going to think about it. So, which is the great thing that I like about the no huddle. They don't, there's no time to talk about it. They just know, oh, coach called that. Let's just rep, let's just run it. So that's the one good thing. But yeah, we're going to go through our coverage menu and we're going to establish what, what concepts we like and have a couple, you know, if they run a little bit of a unique coverage to what they do, if they go palms or if they're playing press, press quarters or something like that, or they roll, which way they roll their safeties down for uh, cover three, we'll come up with some, you know, one or two special concepts for that week. And then off of that, Coach, um, I think probably at least uh, around here, kind of the argument always is between our, our, our line coaches and our, and our uh, skill coaches is, uh, you know, comes down to protection. Uh, you know, we would, we would prefer to kind of be able to, to put it all on the quarterback. Uh, and then you've got the quarterback coach that, that says, you know, the quarterback has to know everything. It'd be really nice if you guys would take the protection uh, and slide that and get it where it needs to be so we don't have to think about that. Uh, where where are you at with, uh, you know, your guys' pass protection and, and how much you put on the quarterback? Or are you putting that on the center? Or are you staying with one protection? How does that work for you guys? 
I I put it squarely on my running back. Um, I really I I'll I'll signal in you know five step or I'll signal in three step. We run our three step and our five step the exact same way. Um, it's just you know a little bit different technique for each of the guys. Um, so. Uh, but I, get, I put it on our running back. You know, I might tell him, hey, this week, you know, I want you to set up this way. But he'll give, uh, you know, a Roger or Louie call. He gives that every play. But that indicates to the guys where he's at and which way we're going to set our protection. And so it takes away really any tendencies that I might have. Um, he'll call it from from the right, but he calls the Louie call, and he's going to go to the left. So, you know, so I, I squarely put it on him, and uh, we just we kind of do a blitz period every week. We go through their exotic blitz, and uh, we go through it right. We go through all of our uh, exotic blitzes, and we go from there. So I really don't do much anything crazy. I like to keep it simple. You know, we're we're a base half man half slide team, and we'll sprint out. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So so is that? Uh, I mean, tempo. I would assume. Uh, that you guys are going at it, it's you're going to try to keep that as, as simple as possible try to keep everything just moving fast uh, for your guys um, is that something that uh, that you're always that's always in your mind is is finding that way for it to be as simple as possible uh, yeah that's something we're looking at this year you know um, we we had one last year we had one one word call and this year we're looking at you know expanding on that you know we we just kind of finished our huddle breakdown uh last week of all of our play calls and so we're looking okay what's our top four our top 10 play calls all right well, let's can we condense these down into one word and uh, so that's where we're heading here and, and i want to go me i want to push the tempo i want to go as fast as possible i want to be able to score at any moment um, and we're going to spread people out, but yeah, going fast is kind of, and that wasn't something that North did. They were not a big, they were a, they were a huddle team. They were traditional. We're going to huddle up. We're going to get out there. We're going to snap that ball with 10 seconds left on the play clock. And, you know, my first year, I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And, you know, linemen are walking backwards because they thought they had a huddle. I'm like, let's go get on the ball, get on the ball. So it was, it was a big culture shock for our guys. Um, but in the end, I just found that they, they absolutely loved going no huddle. It just, they, to them, they said it makes practice go by so much faster. Um, you know, we can do so much more. Um, and it just it gives them a little more freedom. And that's, that's one reason I love it so much. But, uh, but yeah, just keep, keep pushing the tempo. Keep pushing the tempo. And uh, we very rarely do we let up unless we know we have the game. We're going to keep pushing it as fast as we can. I agree with that. It does make practice so much more fun. As a guy that got to play in it, um, practice was a lot more fun than the three-and-a-half-hour practices that drudged on. Uh, and then you kind of mm -hmm. touched on something that, that I think just personally, you know, there's kind of basically two ways that you come to be a head coach. You know, you get hired from, uh, you know, another school or uh, your coach leaves or, or whatever happens to the head coach, and then you get hired up. I personally, just from, from seeing both ways, I think it's harder. Um, for a guy that's already on staff to kind of get promoted and then become the head coach because um, I'm sure you've got your own ways and, and, but everyone's kind of used to the the other head coach and you kind of know the other head coach. And, and at times I think that can be a more difficult transition for a guy. Uh, was it tough for you ever to decide, Hey, no, we're going to huddle. This is what I want to do. Or, or was it pretty smooth and simple that transition for you? 
Uh, for me, it was pretty smooth because, you know, I'm an offensive guy. I was the offensive coordinator the year before, and I just said, we're going no huddle. Um, you know, I, 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 I pretty much did scrap the entire offense the year before, um, that we were running with the original head coach. I scrapped it, and I said, we're going to go no huddle, and we're going to run this, you know, what I'm used to. And I, I, I sold it to the kids. I said, I promise you. I said, this will be more simple. And in the end, they looked at me, and they're like, this is way simpler. And I said, we will be able to do a lot more and it'll be way more simple. And uh, some of the, you know, it's when some of the kids, you know, we got going into school year and all of a sudden kids were like, I want to play football. I want to play football. And, you know, I heard kids talking in the hallway, like, I don't want to be able to learn the offense. And I hear my own players going, it is so simple. You're, it'll, you'll pick it up in no time. And I'm like, that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Like, that's what I wanted the kids to hear. Um, you know, and then the best part is, you know, I, uh, we got a tower put up um on our practice field for the band but i use it to and so i went up one day and i said i gave my quarterback coach you know i said the script and i said hey you call this i want to be up top i want to see this from a bird's eye view and you know and he was kind of looking at the script he's trying to flip the plays in his head really quick you know because it was on the wrong hash and my 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 own players are like let's go let's go let's go like give us the play they i'm like we want to go we want to go and i'm like this that's when i knew we were kind of we're heading in the right direction the kids are bought in um, the defensive staff kind of was struggling a little bit with it, but when we faced a similar offense, it made their life so much easier. And they're like, we can get way more plays than when you go no huddle. And I said, that's, that's my whole, my real big basis of it. I love it because of practice. You know, I can get, you know, 25 plays in, in, you know, 10, 15 minutes if we're really pushing the tempo. And I just think that's so beneficial. Um, and all that. And it was a hard adjustment for my old line coach because, you know, he likes to stand out there, you know, five yards behind the quarterback. Oh, we messed that play up. All right, hang on. Let's walk. I'm like, get out of the way. Come stand next to me. You ain't going to be able to stand out there, you know, on game day. So, and it was a hard adjustment. And I just, I said, hey, if you see something wrong, put a sub in, pull the kid out, talk to him, and then put him back in. I said, well, that's how we, we have to operate here. We got to go fast. You know, we don't have time to sit here and walk through plays and do a clinic session out here. And he, by the end, by the end of week two, he was, he figured it out and we were rolling after that. I love that. That was, that was what walls has probably taught me, you know, the sticks in my head the most. I think he went to Nebraska and, and they talked about that a lot and, and how much time you lose if you stop a practice to, you know, stop one guy for his one mistake. Well, you're also losing reps for 10 other guys. Yep. Now me, now, me as the head coach, I will, you know, all right, stop. If I see a blitz that we've just been getting burned on, you know, repeatedly, stop. Uh, Y'all, my online coach, like, let's walk through this. Let's figure this out right now because I'm tired of getting destroyed on this. So I'm really the only one that has that power. Um, but so, but yeah, it's just the reps that we get is just so valuable. You know, I know we're humming when I can get through our practice script. And our whole script that we have time left over. And I'm like, all right, perfect. And the kids never know, you know, you know, I remember uh, the year before, you know, I said, all right, guys, we got 15 plays here and I can hear them counting them out. I'm like, gee, I'm like, Jesus, like <laughs> you guys don't need to count them out. Like we'll get through them, but now they have no time to. And I, and also it's great because it gets our, uh, our backups reps too. You know, I, we do, you know, we'll do 10 play sets. So as soon as 10 plays are done, all right, put our backups in right away. Let's get our 10 plays in. So they don't, they don't miss a beat. So we're just, we just keep rolling. We keep practice rolling. And I mean, that was, it was a big culture shock. You know, I, it started in the weight room. You know, I was like, we're going to be a no huddle team through and through guys. And, you know, that's in the weight room. So 
I said, you're constantly moving. So I put guys in groups, sets of uh, groups at three. And I said, one person's lifting, one person's spotting, one person's doing their auxiliary lift. And I said, I better not see any bars sitting still. Like we are, we are moving here. And then it should transition to conditioning and then it would transition to the football field. You know, what would take us, you know, four or five hours or four hours with the maximum, we were getting done in three and a half or excuse me, two and a half. That's the best thing too about, you know, you get your, your backup guys or your JV guys, more reps, you know, I, I feel like then it develops your JV program. And we've seen that here at Ankeny since we've changed how we practice, you know, our JV team's gotten a lot better because those guys are getting a lot more reps. And, uh, you know, when they get into games, they're able to do the same thing. They can go tempo. The, the quarterbacks can call some plays on their own. I just feel like it permeates the entire program where, you know, they take that ownership. And then once they start to taste that success and that winning, that's to me when the culture really takes shape. You know, now, now it's going through all three levels. You know, our freshmen are winning, our JV are winning, and we're starting to see that, that same attitude at the varsity. And, and that's when you kind of know you've turned the corner as a program. Yeah, and then we went we went six and three this year, so that definitely helped with like our kids going. Okay, what we're doing is working. Let's let's stay with it. You know, we it's not a complete waste. So that that was a big help for us this year, and I, I think it was a big boost for us. Winning winning cures all. <laughs> it does yeah, winning and and playing. You know, I mean, to me that's that that sophomore year. You know, a lot of your kids are staying on the sidelines or they're holding the bag or they got to be a scout team dummy and they get smoked all the time. You know, I just, I just, I just feel like there's so many better ways to do it. And if you're a lot more efficient with your time and, and building in those, those second huddles, I know at, at Jenks, that was, that was coach Trimble's thing. Every time if we didn't have two huddles, we literally weren't practicing. I mean, if it was mm -hmm. an inside drill or it was a team drill, he, he flat out would say it. We're always going to be having two huddles. If we're running scout team for the defense, we were going to have two huddles. So your, your offensive line, your tight ends, your running backs, your quarterbacks, everybody got ample uh, amounts to get coached and get reps because that was his entire priority. We're going to build our JV program. They're going to win. All that attitude is going to work forward. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, Walls, how, how, how have you guys gone to getting your, your young guys the reps? Is it just – I mean, is it purely uh, at, at Ankeny? Is it just um, – I mean, how have you guys worked that in that, that's so different than it has been? We started going on, on both ends of the field was the biggest thing. And I think in the summertime, and I know Co Coach Hike can maybe talk about it, but in the summertime in Iowa, you know, we have the opportunity to, to coach our guys. So we'll take uh, all of our freshmen, all of our sophomores, and then obviously your upperclassmen, and we'll just run two simultaneous practices. So there'd be a lot of times where we'd be going, you know, obviously 11 guys on offense, on one end, 11 guys on offense on the other end, and then you'd have a full defense. So trying to get 44 guys going uh, at all times. So I think that was the, the biggest thing for us doing that, you know, early on in the summer and doing that early on in fall camp to where now you get your base offense, quote, installed and taught. Now when we got into actual game weeks, it made it a lot easier. You know, even if now we had to split and do some more scout things, uh, our kids still remembered our plays. Our, our kids were still running, you know, a lot of our concepts in our language where the offensive coaches could call it and the kids could operate. And then when we had to do your, you know, your, your JV kind of game planning, it was super simple because we just do it, you know, on a, on a Wednesday, they only needed about an hour to go through the things that we'd already practiced for, you know, three, four months. And, and our kids could go out and execute. Whereas I felt in the past, 
you know, it was more geared towards, you know, just kind of the varsity guys, because I, I felt like we were running so many things. Like we got to teach them how to do all these schemes. We got to teach them how to run all these routes. You know, we got to teach all the different blocking schemes versus an odd front versus an even front, you know, versus a stack box, split box, all these adjustments and changes where I think sometimes, you know, those other guys are standing off to the side because, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to teach all these different things. We're like, you know what, simplify it. The, the new rule is let's get as many guys as we can on the field. And then we split our staff in half. Since we've done that, everything's accelerated and we can actually end up doing a lot more because we technically simplified it. It's crazy. Yeah. We, uh, we did something, we were similar last year. Um, we, we practiced program wide together. Um, we were unfortunate last year. We did not have a freshman team. So we only ran two levels. We had a varsity and a JV one going. So we did everyone together. And then during what I found was during, you know, we'd go a team, you know, I had guys who were varsity coaches, but they were also, you know, JV play callers. So they had, to, we had to split up the staff. So we made it work last year um, and all that stuff. But then this year we're looking at going, we're going to, we're looking at having a freshman team this year. We had about 27 guys in the weight room this winter working out with us as freshmen. So we're looking to have a freshman staff going, but my varsity got staff and my, uh, JV staff are going to be the same people through and through. We're going to mix around the coordinators a little bit um, and all that stuff, but we're going to split it where uh, so varsity defense or varsity will go defense first for an hour and 10 minutes with the, with the defensive staffs. And I'm going to be down there with them running their offensive scout team. And then at the same time, the JV kids will be with the varsity offensive staff. And they're going to be doing the exact same practice, but they're going to be doing their offensive side of the ball. And then halfway through practice, we'll do our special teams. And then we're going to switch it up where varsity will go offense. JV will go defense. So they're getting coached by the varsity staff. Um, everyone's kind of getting coached up. And it's the exact same practice plan that we did um, with the varsity kids. So JV's doing the exact same one with the varsity. And we feel like we're going to be able to streamline things a little bit. We're going to be able to get kids more reps that way and uh, the most important thing is is that they're going to be coached by the varsity you know that, that sophomore year I always feel like is that kind of awkward year where you know you're not the freshman where they're trying to get you caught up but then you know sophomores I just feel like that was an awkward year but now we're going to be coached up by everything and then same time like I said I'm going to go be the offensive scout team coach my D coordinator who doesn't have a position responsibility he's going to come up and work with the defensive scout team for varsity so he's kind of running that show and all that stuff we're thinking that'll help give us more reps kids more opportunities to play well and 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 having you know the head coach or the offensive coordinator getting him to to run the uh you know the jv offense i think it gives those jv kids a a huge reason to play really hard and try to get better um, and it gets yep. them a coach that completely understands what he wants out of them uh, as they become varsity players. Yeah, and that was you know, and I did a, I did a meeting with my uh, with my coaches, and I did a meeting with some select players, and that was the one thing I heard from the you know first year. I'm, I'm going to make mistakes, but that was the one thing I heard from like the JV and the freshman kids was like the coach height was more consumed with the varsity team. Um, than he was with our success. And I was like, okay. And so that was a big, like, gut shot. But at the same time, I looked at it and I go, okay, well, then I need to make sure that I'm being more involved with that level um, because they, they obviously know, noticed that. Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, you, you said it too, you know, ha having your JV being coached by, you know, quote, the varsity guys, that, that was something I was used to, you know, coming from, from Oklahoma. 
and it, and it was kind of weird to me or foreign to me when I, when I came back and coaching in Iowa, you know, you had quote, you know, varsity coaches and JV coaches. And I'm like, well, one, we don't have enough coaches to begin with. So we, we yeah. need all, all hands on deck. And, and two, to me, I loved coaching the JV games on Monday night. I mean, uh, to me, that was the, the best part because you knew that was the future of the program. It was always going to be basic fundamentals. You know, you didn't have to worry about a, a ton of game planning as your, your base, base things you're going to do. And, and you just got to see those kids grow up, you know, and, and I, that's always one of my favorite things to do. I, I wish they did it in Iowa where, you know, they had the games on Monday nights like we did in Oklahoma. We've talked about that a bunch of times on the podcast, but you know, Thursday nights doesn't make any sense to me, you know, with the safety for kids and they got to play two nights in a row. But, you know, I, I just feel like your, your varsity staff should be involved with, with coaching your, your JV kids, especially with, you know, the, the stipends and the number of coaches that we have. It, it only makes sense. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I, I'm used to Thursday night with freshmen it's coming from Illinois um, and all that. But I, I will say this from for the Iowa aspect of, since the new schedule came out recently, I've had a lot of coaches reach out to me wanting to do the thir- the Monday night JV game, and I'm all in favor of it. I think that would be uh, a big uh, boost for us, you know, um, kind of give something for those JV kids to look forward to and just sell it as Monday. It's Monday night football, guys. I mean, this is what the pros do. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I use that line with my kids, you know, what would a pro do? I know, act like a pro, you know, and that's what they do. Well, and it, it lets those kids that, are are tweeners for you not just sit on the bench on friday nights in case your star quarterback gets hurt uh, but they're not getting any reps with with the jv because okay now your star quarterback didn't ever get hurt now they haven't gotten any reps where at least for us it seems like on monday night we're a little more apt to play anybody that doesn't start you don't start on Friday, yep. you get to play on Monday because you got all week, even if it's just a little bit, you're still getting some, you got plenty of rest, you know, by the time it's Friday to go be a backup or to go get a few snaps or to go be even on, on special teams, you know, but now you're still getting your work at your position and getting game reps, which everybody says, I mean, there's nothing like game reps. It's complete. I completely agree. Now my sixth offensive lineman is a stud in JV and really getting good reps, but I still have them on Friday to be able to back up anybody if something were to happen. And we we sit down. Um, we'll do it about every three games. We'll sit down um, as a varsity staff, um, and we'll watch a half or, you know, a full game of a JV game. And we tell our kids we're evaluating that game. You know, we want to see if there's a JV kid that, you know what, we need to maybe consider moving him up. You know, he's – you know, he's doing great on, you know, the JV game, but, you know, can he give us something on a special team or is he better than what we have currently playing for us? So, I mean, we sell it to our kids, you know, we're, we're watching those games and we really are um, because we want them to know that, you know, if they're, they're having success down there we want to see if they can have success at the varsity level. And we've dressed a couple kids and, you know, we've got a couple JV kids in late in games, you know, because they are not even JV kids. I don't want to call them that. I want to call them like sophomores, even some true sophomores, even true freshmen, excuse me. Um, we had a true freshman take a snap this year um, as a backup on the varsity level um, and hand off to a, a true freshman. So, I mean, it's just kind of exciting for those kids knowing, hey, they're actually watching us um, so we can actually maybe get on the varsity game, into the varsity game. That was one of my favorite parts of the weekend meetings too was, you know, when we met on, on Sunday – we, we always went through the, the roster. So it's like, who's suiting up for JV on, on Monday. And to me, again, it, you, you have those continuous, you know, evaluation co- conversations. It's like, well, you know, coach walls, you know, 
who's your offensive line for this week? You know, is this guy getting close? I'm just, yeah, you know, hey, I want, I want to see him against these guys. I want to see him in, in a few more live, live, live games, live rep situations. And all of a sudden now, you know, he may be getting later in the season. Like, yeah, hey, this guy, this guy's for sure our sixth. This guy's even pushing the dude to, to start at, at a guard or something like that. But I, I love those conversations too, to be able to do it. And it's, you know, hey, this, this guy needs to play. This guy hardly played on Friday night. He needs to play Monday. You know, he needs these reps. So those, those constant eval kinds of conversations and then, you know, the constant development of, of those players. To me, the Monday night games make, make all, the, all the sense in the world. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know why we don't do it. So I'm glad guys are starting to see it. It's awesome. You know, my parent meeting, you know, I tell the parents all the time, like, my goal is for your son to play football. I said, and at the freshman, at the JV level, I said, they're going to play football if they're not playing for us, you know, on Friday nights. And I, I said, I, my, fa- my least favorite thing, you know, I go to watch our middle school coaches uh, run games and all that stuff, you know, and I, I, I can't stand watching the same 11 play. I said, what fun is that? I think that's one of the major problems in football is, you know, if a kid, you know, is at practice every day, but he never gets to play because the coach is playing the same 11, he doesn't want to come back and do that again. So I always say, like, you know, if there's an issue with my freshman or my JV level with coaches or your son not playing, please address that with me because I'm going to address it with my coaches because I want kids to play. I want them to feel involved, and I, I want kids to come back. Like I tell my coach, I can care less. As long as your, our kids know the scheme of how we run offense, defense, and special teams, and they're coming back the next year, that's a success to me. I said, I'm going to judge your wins and I don't, I'm not going to judge your wins and losses. What I'm going to judge is how many freshmen came out as sophomores and how many sophomores came out as juniors, because I did, that's just huge for me. And especially at Davenport North, you know, where we're looking at, you know, we're hoping to have 85, 90 kids in our program this upcoming season, which to me is still not enough of where I want to be. Um, you know, it's, it's important to get those kids to keep coming back out, to be bought in, to be invested. And if they're not playing, they're not going to be bought in. They're not going to be invested and it's just going to be a snowball effect. Couldn't agree more, Coach. Uh, you know, so so kind of now coming up here on, on an hour. Uh, but but the the last question I always like to ask guys uh, before we let them leave uh, is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things uh, that their offensive line would be doing uh, that would make you think highly of their offensive line, Coach? Um, my big thing is: Are they reestablishing the line of scrimmage? Are they moving people back? Moving people forward the way they want them to go and how they can handle twists and stunts in the run game and pass game. I think those two things are really huge. Um, in my opinion, when I played offensive line, I absolutely hated what teams would stunt during the run game. It just drove me insane because you got to trust your buddy next to you and you got to be there for your buddy if he gets stunted on. And then the same thing with the pass pro. So yeah, can they reestablish the line of scrimmage and how do they handle twists and stunts um, in run game and pass game? And those are, those are two critical things that I think are really important to be successful and to be as it shows a good offensive line coach. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com 
Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.